Hey everybody, it's Natalie Griffin. Thanks for tuning in tonight to the Naughty Shaman podcast. I'm super fired up about this podcast series that's just pouring out of me like honey because it is all about love. One of my favorite topics. One of the things I could talk about forever and ever and ever. And it's so interesting to me because what if, you know, love was one of the most important things in the world? Everybody wants it. You know, everybody wants to feel loved. They want to love their job. They want to love their kids. They want to be loved. They want to have a great lover. They want to love their life. The word gets tossed around all the time. And it's something that we all universally yearn for. And I don't know if there's ever been anything so universal that we long for and then eludes us so much and bamboozles us and leaves us in a dark corner crying for days. It is so interesting to me that we all want it, and yet so many people are struggling and trying to figure out how to make it work. And on top of that, what's so interesting to me about love is that we want it, we kind of suck at it as a species, right? And we're getting worse at it, in my opinion, every decade that floats by. So we want it, we're not that great at it, and we don't study it. We don't talk about it a lot. And that's so interesting to me because if you think about anything else, let's say we were all running a business, you and me and all of our friends, and here we go, we're going to run a business and we love our business, we're excited about it and all these dreams are there and then it fails and we try again and it fails and we try again and it fails. After a couple of these failures, we would get to work assessing what the heck just happened. We would want to learn why did it fail? What changes do we need to make? What new skills do we need to develop? And how might we vision a new future for this business to thrive? And we don't do that with love. Love is like this strange thing that we're all supposed to know how to do, and yet there isn't a school for it. Most of our parents didn't really understand how to do it, so maybe they weren't great teachers or role models. And then on top of that, there's some kind of strange shame around not knowing how to do this thing that's supposed to come so naturally. So for me, I've loved studying it, and I've read a million books and tried a million things and made a million mistakes, at least a million, I think. And so I really uh, have enjoyed my studies through love and the practicing of it and trying to figure out how on earth it works. You know, and I do think that with love, we do need to study it. We do need to talk about it, because what we do typically is we blame and shame our way out of love when it fails quickly back into our work or quickly back to the next lover or quickly into a dark corner where we can harden our heart and never love again or eat a bunch of Haagen-Dazs ice cream. You know, they're really the typical responses to failed love because it hurts. And what I'm realizing for a lot of my clients these days and, and even in my own life, like if we want to really learn how to make love to really become courageous lovers, for me, I think it starts with understanding heartbreak and understanding pain and our relationship to pain, and then really try to figure out how to move forward from healing the past. We have to heal the past. So I've been reading and studying up to get ready for these podcasts, and I've read lots of great books like The Mastery of Love by Don Miguel Ruiz, The Alchemy of Love um, by a Kundalini teacher in New York City who I just love, Joseph and then there are so many other books, of course, The Art of Love, who I preach about all the time by Eric Fromm. And the one that I'm going to be reading from right now is by Brene Brown. And this book is called Rising Strong. And in her book, she quotes C.S. Lewis. And this is what C.S. Lewis says. 
To love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung out and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping your heart intact, then you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap your heart up carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries and work and avoid all entanglements. Lock your heart up safe in that casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe and dark and motionless and without air, your heart will change. And it won't be broken, but it will become instead unbreakable, impenetrable, and irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. And I love that quote because herein I think lies the problem with us as courageous lovers. We don't like pain. As a species, we just really don't. And it's a good thing, you know. Um, it really served us well as we were evolving. You know, when things were painful or killed us, we run the other direction, and those are the people who reproduced, and so we all got to live as a species. So, yay, pain and avoiding of pain. Very good on the one hand in terms of survival. But in terms of emotional pain, you know, we're not at risk of actual death when our heart breaks. We're not. It's emotional pain. And we've somehow transferred this biological knowing that pain is bad into our emotional worlds. And so we fail to take risks and we fail to do things. And, you know, if you've been heartbroken and your heart is hurting, you know, bravo, because that means your heart still works. But like C.S. Lewis says, most of us, after a few fractures, have chosen to stop playing. And we've locked our heart away and become impenetrable and a bit isolated, and we are living in increasingly isolated times. And we can kind of see how that's playing out there in the global, global forum. The globe right now, as shamans look at it, the world is sort of reflecting back to us the state of our hearts, and our hearts have been closed off and isolated. And, and from that place of fear, when we make decisions, we don't make great decisions. We don't make great decisions for the longevity of our species, for the longevity of our families, for our life, for our health, for our joy. And so we have to figure out a different way, uh, a figure out a new choice around love. And so I like to think of it like this. If you are a love coward, then you are playing the love game not to lose. But if you're a courageous lover, then you're playing the game to win. And I was thinking about this. I was watching my daughter play basketball today, and she's gotten good over the years, I'm going to say right there. But it's interesting, like when the team is up or, you know, they've got a lot of points on the board. They start to, to play differently. The game shifts. They start to play not to lose. The game gets defensive and safe, and there's less effort from all the players. There's less heart in the game, for sure. It gets calm, controlled, and safe. And that's how you play not to lose. But when those girls are playing to win, they are flying around the court. They are stealing the ball. They're falling on their face. They're making fouls, getting fouled. There's lots of energy and heart all over the place and sweat and joy and intensity. And they are playing to win. And it takes so much courage to play the love game to win. Most people want to play it safe so that they don't get hurt. So to become a courageous lover, you know, we've got to take a look at the heartbreak, at the hurt, and how to heal from it. Because I think when we can feel safe in our ability to heal from pain, 
then we can be more courageous. So heartbreak, when you think about it, heartbreak occurs when there is a real or perceived loss in our lives. Um, sometimes people will literally die and there's a loss or you lose your house or you lose your pet or, you know, your children will move away um, for college or leave the house um, for camp. You know, there's a perceived loss and our hearts break in all these moments. They break and fracture. And the Buddhists will say that's where the light comes in is in those cracks and fractures. But when we lose and we've really been vulnerable, it hurts. It feels like a little death. And so we can't really talk about heartbreak without talking about grief and pain. And I mean, I, I know why so many of us avoid love. It's because it is very painful. Love is like the only game in town, like if you think about it, where you know, like in the, inside our bones, we know that eventually we're going to hurt. We're going to lose this game. You know, we're going to lose this game and grieve. If you really let yourself fall in love and get all vulnerable and squishy, you're going to lose. You know, unless that's maybe like you live forever together as cyborgs in space, then maybe you won't lose because you'll be living forever, which, you know, thanks to Elon Musk and his friends, we might uh, we might have that possible someday. But for now, the rest of us poor blokes are running around knowing that someday we're going to die, even if we fall in love and it lasts until the end of our life. One of you is going to die. One of you is going to die first. One is going to be left behind. There's gonna, It's going to hurt. He might leave next week. She might dump you tomorrow. Like it's going to hurt at some point. And so it's the only game in town where we know we're signing up for this pain, but very few of us understand how to get out of the pain. And I see a lot of people make mistakes on the back end of heartbreak. So we have to think about how to win at this. Then we have to get raw with the old heartbreaks. And, you know, now I consider myself a little bit of an expert on heartbreak. I sort of got a first class uh, education starting in elementary school. Um, for some reason, the universe thought it would be so great for me to experience the loss of a lot of people I loved. And it seemed like every decade, truly every decade, somebody I loved died. And not to mention all the little heartbreaks in between. Um, so there were just a lot of moments uh, where my heart fractured and a lot of opportunities to choose to close off. And in some cases I did. And in some cases I didn't. And so here's what I learned about getting your ass back up after a loss, after grief of any kind, small, big, it doesn't matter. Hurt is hurt. I remember when my dog died last year, it hurts. It hurts when things don't go the way you expected, when things end. Endings are so painful. And typically we don't do them well. I'm going to make a podcast about saying goodbye and giving things a good death a little bit later. But because of the pain, we got to figure out how to deal with it. Here's how we deal with it. What I've learned about getting back up after heartbreak. Number one, you got to feel the pain. Like there's no cheating. You can numb it. This is what usually happens. People are like, oh shit, this is going to hurt. And so immediately we'll start to numb out. We'll chow down with food. We'll chow down with pizza. We'll get numb with cigarettes, with sex, with alcohol. We'll just numb up, distract ourselves with a million things, with all the important work to do items, with all the important household items, with the kids, with the whatever, we're going to distract and we're going to numb because we do not like to feel pain. It's kind of like, you know, everybody wants a nice body that's in shape and great, but nobody wants to go to the gym and like work out and, and shred those muscles up and make them big. Like we do not like pain. We want the goodies without the effort. So if you're going to be a courageous lover, you got to get strong and be able to feel the pain. 
you got to do it or else your little heart's going to get hard and you're going to wonder why your little life sucks and it's going because your heart is hard. So instead, what we have to do to feel the pain, you have to recognize it physically hurts. Grief, any of you who've been through grief know this. It hurts physically. Physically, your body aches. Um, you don't feel quite like yourself. Um, your head can hurt. Your bones ache. There's a weariness in every cell of the body when there's a loss. It's real. There is real pain, physical pain. The second thing you got to do is let yourself feel that and then not tell the horrible shame and blame story. You just got to feel the pain, period. No blaming, no shaming, no nothing right now. Just feel the pain. I like to think of it as like battening down the hatches. There have been moments in my life where I've been hurt and it hurt. <laughs> and so I think, okay, this is like being in a sailboat with my dad during a storm. You batten down the hatches, and you pull in the sails, and everything gets super simple. And you breathe, and you eat, and you keep that thing on course as best as you can until the storm passes. This is a moment to endure. This isn't a moment to create, to seek, to go find something new. It's a time for healing, and it's a time to endure, and it doesn't last forever. There's not been a storm in history that's lasted forever, and there hasn't been a heartache in history that's lasted forever. It does heal. But you have to let the hurt happen. And you gotta cry. You gotta let it out. Breath and tears to shamans are some of the most sacred things. In the breath is our life force. And when we expel and have that huge exhale with life, we are making room for the universe to fill us up. So the exhale, those the out breath, the weeping, the wailing is so sacred because it creates space. And the tears are so sacred because there's a salt element to it, which is of the oceans, of the saline in our blood. And in African traditions, these minerals carry our old stories. And so the legend goes that when we tear up and we release those tears, that all we're doing is letting go of the old stories. And in this way, we're making room for the universe to drop some upgrades into us. And this is good. If we don't make time to feel the pain and release it through natural process, then we close off to the universe, to spirit, and to love. And it becomes very difficult to create the lives we want. So that's step one. You gotta feel the pain. You gotta get comfortable feeling a little ouchy and not telling the story about blaming and shaming other people or yourself. Step two you got to mine the gold. There's gold in these old places of relationships. you got to mine the gold. What were the gifts? What were the good feelings, the good memories? What coordinates inside of you? If you've been truly loved by someone, there are coordinates that light up inside your body. You feel it. You know what it feels like to be loved if you've been properly loved. And so now you get this upgrade of awareness. Like, okay, now I know what it's like to be loved at this level. And I'm not going to accept anything less than that. And then the next time you get loved at a big juicy level, you're like, okay, now this is this is the level that I'm not going to accept anything less than. So there are huge gifts in, in all of our love stories, even the ones that didn't last long, so that we can hold on, hold on to what was rightfully ours, which is this memory, this feeling, this understanding of what it is to be loved and to love. So those are some of the greatest gifts. You can also mine the gold from taking a look at mistakes, 
figuring out where did I not set boundaries? Where were my expectations out of alignment? Where was I not rooted in reality and only seeing perhaps the possibility of the person in front of me and not the actual person? One of, one of the great yoga teachers here in town, her name is Kim Charbonneau. She has this great phrase and it's called, if you want to know who someone is, watch because they're showing you. People are showing you who they are all the time in their behaviors. Most of us don't see it. We want to believe in the potential and not what's actually there. So people are showing you who they are. Trust it. That's reality. So step two is you got to mind the gold. Figure out what were the gifts. Hold on to them. What were the lessons and mistakes? This is when we get to use our brain. After we come out and, and you know open up the hatch of the sailboat after the storm, we can take a deep breath and kind of look at things with fresh eyes. Fresh eyes made clean from the crying. So now we have new eyes to look at the past. So it's step three in this whole healing heartbreak thing. And this process is a doozy. I'm going to make a whole new podcast about this process. But you got to forgive. you got to forgive. This sometimes takes longer than we think it should. Um, it sometimes happens immediately as soon as we get the gifts and insights. But you got to forgive. you got to forgive them. you got to forgive you. you got to forgive the universe, life, God, whatever your concept of cosmology is. you got to forgive. Forgive, forgive. And then the final step in healing heartbreak is, and this is the hard part for some of us, you got to say goodbye. You got to say goodbye. Sometimes you have to say goodbye to the person. Sometimes not. Sometimes what dies in the heartbreak is the dream. Sometimes you have to say goodbye to the dream, to what you thought was going to happen and now is not going to happen the way you thought. Sometimes you have to grieve the loss of those dreams. Sometimes you have to grieve the loss of the shoulds what should have happened, what should have been. And you have to grieve and say goodbye to that. Sometimes you have to grieve and say goodbye to the mistakes. Grieve and say goodbye to that. And like I said, sometimes you do have to let go of the person and say goodbye, and sometimes not. It all depends on on where you're headed and if this person is headed in that same direction. If not, then definitely you got to say goodbye to them too. So this is it. This is courage. This is courage, heart courage. You know, I always tell uh, my clients and, and my friends and they remind me when I forget, like no one died of a broken heart. Like it's not lethal to have your heart broken. You know, if someone breaks your arm or stabs you in the heart, then yeah, maybe you've got some real problems here and you need to jump into fear and start running away from those situations. But for most of us, the emotional pain doesn't have to put us down for the count in life. The emotional pain is what makes us strong. When our hearts break, they get stronger like a muscle. If we can crawl through this process of feeling the pain, of mining the gold, of forgiving and saying goodbye, then we are ready. We are ready for bigger, stronger love experiences because our heart, just like like the Grinch and the Christmas, it like grew three sizes. It's when we don't have the courage to go through this process most of us get stopped at step one. We don't want to feel the pain. So as soon as we start to feel like, oh, this hurts, we're going to get a new lover. And then we're going to make that work, fall in love with the fantasy and truck forward in this fantasy land instead of actually healing from what was. But when you come out through this four step process, I'm telling you, your heart is like a little gold mine and it's so beautiful and rich to share with everybody. And then you can enter the next love relationship with a little more confidence, you know, a little swagger. Because you're like, even if this goes down in flames, like in a week or a month or a year, I'm going to be okay because I know how to pick myself up, batten down the hatches, get the gold and keep going. 
once you can trust yourself with this process of getting back up, you become a little fearless with your heart. And when you feel love, you're going to dive in with both feet. You don't have to sit and play safe defense. You can play offense. You can jump in, express love, send poetry, do crazy stuff and get vulnerable because you trust that whatever you are met with, whether you're met with love back or not, that you will understand how to pick yourself back up and move on. So that's the kind of strength we're going for. I, like I said, I want to hear about your heartbreaks and how you get over it. This has been my experience and my four-step process that I walk through every time my heart gets broken from a loss of a dream, loss of a love, loss of a hope. Then I walk through this process and keep trucking. So tell me, how do you do it? There's lots of ways, I'm sure, and I would love to hear it. Um, And also, I'm going to be putting together a couple more podcasts about this, specifically about how do you get the gold out of a crappy relationship? How do you do that? And how do you really forgive and make space? We're also going to be talking about sex, drugs, rock and roll, and a little bit more about now that you can really understand how love works in the cosmos, how can you become a force of good and not be derailed by fear and doubt? So that's where I'm at. That's what's going on. And I'd love to hear from you. Thanks a lot um, for tuning in to Naughty Shaman, where we like to keep the sacred a little bit wild and totally real.